You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It is that part of the night and that is the night of Yawmul Jumu'ah. To all the beautiful warm-hearted listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. It's a bit cold, it's a bit chirpy, but of course, uh, having our beloved uh, senior, one of our senior elders, Alhamdulillah, Alama to Sheikh Ustad, Hafaji, with me this evening. Definitely, it's a beautiful, warm evening. Uh, before I begin the program on this uh, Thursday night, the 13th of August, 2020, I want to welcome my engineer, brother Lokolo, this evening, and I want to welcome all the listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Company, and all the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus and of course, uh, although we are not live on Al Ansar, but we welcome the listeners as well because many, many, many listeners are tuning in to Merkaz Sahaba and of course on our program, The Discussion. So tonight it's a beautiful night, it's a beautiful uh, evening, and of course we will be having from now till 10 o'clock with the discussion uh, between now to 8 30. We will be having our senior husband, Molana Ustad. I have to say, Ustad Hefaji, he doesn't like to be praised, I know him. He's going to shout when he starts the program. <laughs> yes. We had him about, uh, I think it was about three weeks ago or, th- or four ma- or, or one month ago where Ustad started with Nia, Nia. And we had the listeners who were, who were, who were listening uh, to the program on Nia on intention. So tonight, inshallah, Ustad will be touching on dua. What is dua? How do we make dua? Does your dua get accepted? When should we make dua? What is the best time to make dua? Of course, and so on. Uh, Ustad, inshallah, will be guiding us on dua. That's between now to 8.30, inshallah. At about 8.35, we will be crossing over to our beloved senior Ustad Hazrat Molana Salim Karim Damad Barakat, to whom from Lady Smith. And we will be crossing over to Hazrat Molana Daud Samson, all the way from Cape Town. And we will be discussing tonight the challenges human face in today's society. That's our program this evening on our panelists discussion, the challenges human face in today's society. If anybody has any question, of course, our beloved Ustad Hefeji will be guiding us with dua. If anybody has any questions, you know what to do on our WhatsApp number 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners plus 2784-786-3132. I see Sister Rukshana Hussein listening to the program. I see, mashallah, Sister Razia Muhammad from Overport listening to the program. I see Brother Ahmed from Poisons listening to the program. I see Brother Yahya uh, listening from Cape Town all the way, mashallah. So these are all the listeners. Where's Sister Farida from Maputo? We've got many, many listeners who start, who loves listening to the discussion. But anyway, anyway, uh, let's begin this evening, inshallah. Uh, we go and we cross over to our beloved Ustad Hefaji. Ustad, it's a beautiful night. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you, Ustad. And of course, to all the listeners. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And a very warm salam to all our listeners this evening. Amin, amin, amin. Ustad, hope you're well. How's the family? How's uh, uh, Molana and him all doing well, Ustad? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Ustad, maybe you just want to do a bit of a revision. And I know about uh, three or four weeks back, you touched on Nia. Do you just want to do maybe just to touch slightly about what we touched on? Or maybe, inshallah, you, do, you want to begin with a new topic, Ustad? Uh, now, just quickly, Nia is very, very important in the life of a believer. 
if we can just make amal on the one hadith that was mentioned in the amal bin niyat that your deeds and your actions are judged according to your intentions and we said with any nafal devotion a person can make multiple intentions so let us always remember that when we are making intentions it is a way it is a form where we are talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and inshallah tonight when we discuss dua this is also another form of talking to to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 13 minutes after 8 so inshallah Ustad is going to be giving us a small rundown about dua we're starting today inshallah with dua Ustad you may begin inshallah of course if anybody any listeners has any questions to ask regarding dua please feel free to send us a message on 084-786-3132 Ustad bismillahirrahmanirrahim Nahmaduhu wa nusallihi ala rasulihi al-kareem amma ba'd فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدعاء مخ العبادة All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may his choices blessings be upon Nabi Kareem صلى الله عليه وسلم Once again, let us correct our intention that we are sitting here this evening solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For any action that is done for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is surely banked in the akhirah for us. Secondly, let us intend that we are learning deen. To learn a chapter of deen, a person will get the reward of more than a thousand rakats of nafal salah. So from this we can understand the importance of knowledge. And thirdly and most importantly, let us intend that this deen that we are learning, that insha'Allah we are going to practice upon it. The verse that has just recited, the gist of it is Allah Ta'ala tells us, call unto me and I shall answer your prayer. This is in Surah Mu'min verse 60. Now this shows us that even in worldly matters, we should turn our attention to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala loves it when a servant of his calls unto him. We know that if we have somebody that's maybe close to us, a friend, and the person tells you that uh, whenever you have a need, please come to me. We might do it once, twice. After the second or third time, the person might not take our call. They will distance themselves from us simply because they would feel that this person may be asking too often and asking too much. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasures are unlimited. So we keep on asking and we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially in this difficult time that we are going through with this pandemic and this lockdown. We all need to consistently daily ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove this difficulty. So that is one type of dua where a person lifts up his or her hand and speaks and asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is where a person enters a masjid, a person is eating, a person is sleeping. There are many sunnah or masnoon du'as that are recited. But this also is a form of talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and expressing our gratitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if we look at children, why do you find that many children stay with their parents? Because... They can get a car, they can get a cell phone, there's food, their clothes are ironed and washed and done, etc. But the main answer is, there is not because they love their parents. It is because what they can get. So their only concern is, my need needs to be fulfilled. Mm. 
Now imagine if we realize how Allah Ta'ala fulfills our needs and how we always need Allah, then what a beautiful connection and relationship we will share with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. To start off with, du'as are accepted on three levels. The first is an immediate level. A person needs a car. He wants to buy a car. Today a car is a necessity. Person makes du'a, he lifts up his hand, and you find very soon he has the finance and he's able to purchase that car. On the second level, you will find that the person asks through du'a, and he makes du'a, and he makes du'a, or she makes du'a, and they find that they are just not getting what they are asking for. Let us go back to the car. A person goes to his friend. He knows his friend got the finance. His friend doesn't want to give him the money. He goes to maybe uh, some Sharia type of finance. They also don't approve of it. Now, at this stage, the believer may be become despondent. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has delayed the acceptance of this dua in what manner? We've seen this time and again. You're going on the road and you'd see a car. The car is a write-off. And you'll see the person walked out from that accident with a few scratches. And you'll say it is impossible. What Allah has done is you have asked for something, but Allah says, oh, my servant, you will need it at another time. So Allah removes a calamity from you. And you don't realize that this calamity was because of a dua that you were asking for something else. So this is one of the ways of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the third level, you will find that you're asking, you're asking, you're asking. You're going through lots of difficulties. You are going through lots of problems. And you think that, you know what, none of my du'as are accepted. On the day of Qiyamah, when you stand in front of Allah Rabbul Izza, you will see mountains of good in your favor. And then you will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, oh Allah, who is, whose is this? Allah will say, oh my servant, this is yours. Then you'll tell Allah, oh Allah, I don't remember doing any good actions. So Allah will ask you, on such and such a time, did you not ask for this? On such and such a time, did you not ask for this? Allah will remind you, and you will be able to recall all those incidents. Then Allah will tell you, oh my servant, I knew that you would need it today when your scales are going to be balanced. Hmm. Subhanallah, what a kind master, what a loving master, what a kareem master. So these are the three levels. Now a person might think that maybe I shouldn't ask for anything immediately in this world. No, we follow the sunnah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi has shown us that even if we want a shoelace, we should ask for a shoelace because that is a need. Those parents who have children maybe in grade four, five, six, seven, in, in the last few years we know that they had um, the one of the subjects in school that uh, the one topic that is always covered is wants and needs. And in this, you will find that sometimes children come up with very strange things about what the need is and what the want is. So, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always, inshallah, fulfill our needs. Now we come to the etiquette of dua. Because we also need to understand that if we fulfill etiquettes, then obviously it will be a different way of we asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is when we are going to create this connection and relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So firstly, 
we will find that a person needs to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Quite often you will find if a person goes to uh, the home affairs office, then he'll praise the person behind the counter because he knows he needs his documents, he needs his ID, whatever it may be. Huh. And quite often through that type of praise and that, you will find that you will get your work done. There are times when it doesn't work. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will always praise Allah before even asking Him. And the ulama explained that the best of praises is Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. There are many other praises, but we can always start our dua with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. If a person wants to start with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, that is also among the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the second aspect is durood. Recite durood upon Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Durood is such an action that is always accepted in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third is isti'aza. Isti'aza means seeking protection. We seek protection from Allah Ta'ala's anger. We seek daily, a'udhu billahi min shaytan rajim We seeking protection Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from shaytan the accursed. We seek protection from the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So during this lockdown, during this pandemic, we need to seek protection from all these evil forces also. The fourth is istighfar and tawbah. There is a distinct difference between istighfar and tawbah. Istighfar is when a person asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. For example, a person walks into a fruit shop and he takes a banana. And the next day he tells the brother of the shop, please forgive me, man. You know, I didn't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Two days later, he walks in again. Again, he takes a banana. He doesn't pay for it. Please forgive me. That is asking for forgiveness. Toba means he must stop that action. Mm. So Toba in reality means turning from a state of disobedience to a state of obedience. And during this lockdown period, during this pandemic, this is what the Ummah needs to be doing. We need to be very, very seriously turning away from all those sins, from all those things which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number five, then we place our needs before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means we praise Allah, we've recited durood, we've seek the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we've made istighfar, tawbah. Now we come to needs. Whatever need a person has, a person will then present that need to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, we end with durood. Now, the second aspect we said was durood, and the sixth aspect, the last aspect is also durood. You'll find that our pious elder says, if durood is always accepted, why will Allah not accept what is between the two duroods? Mm. So this is more or less the etiquette for making dua. We will just narrate an incident of a person who once went to a pious person and he asked him that, please make dua for me. I have this problem of urine retention. So this pious person looked at him and he told him that, do me a favor, go to the local madrasa, the local maktab, mm -hmm. and go and ask the youngest child in the madrasa to make dua for you. Going through this difficulty, he goes to the madrasa and now he looks for a child and eventually he comes across the youngest child. Now, we can understand an adult trying to explain to maybe a five or six year old that I've got a urine retention problem and I'm having this difficulty. What will a five or six year child understand? And he's trying to explain, and eventually the little child tells him, okay, I will make dua for you. The following day, he's relieved of his problem. He goes back to the spice person and he tells the spice person, 
that when people of the town always comes to you and ask you to make dua, you always make dua. I've come to you, you've sent me to a little child. What's this? So the pious person told him at the time when you came, I could perceive that you were a bit arrogant. And until you didn't lower yourself to that level of a child, and that was it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved. Therefore, Allah ta'ala accepted this dua because you got, you went down to the level of a child. <laughs> so what is this? This is humility. That means when we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are not going to ask with demand. We're going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, it is in your wisdom. Oh Allah, you are the master of us, ya Allah. We are only servants, ya Allah. And then you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Insha'Allah, thumma insha'Allah, Allah will definitely answer that. But we have to have humility. The second incident that comes to mind is an incident from the life of a sahabiyat, a female sahabi. Her name was Umm Salma radiallahu ta'ala And she had lost her husband, very much in love with her husband. They shared a very special relationship. And she thought to herself, is there anybody that could ever replace my husband? And she just was firm on this. There was nobody. During her idda, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to offer his condolences. And he told her, recite this dua, Allahumma ajurni fi musibati wa akhlif li khayram minha. Now, the difference between us and Sahaba, Sahaba, whatever the Nabi of Allah told them with conviction, they practiced and they believed in it. So she used to recite this dua, very beautiful dua. But she used to always think in the back of her mind, is there anybody who will ever be able to replace my husband Abu Salma? After her idda, an elderly lady comes up to her and tells her congratulations. She says, congratulations for what? She says, the Nabi of Allah has proposed to you. Mm. Now we ask the question, can anybody be better than Abu Salma? Nobody but the Nabi of Allah. <laughs> so if we have this yakin in what the Nabi of Allah tells us, and we practice on it, especially during these difficult times, there are many beautiful du'as to be reciting. And if we recite these du'as, inshallah, thumma inshallah, Allah will take us out of the situation. Now, we look at, there are certain preconditions also for du'a. Hazrat Ibrahim bin Adham, rahmatullah alayhi, was once asked, that why is it that our du'as are not accepted? Mm. So Hazrat Ibrahim bin Adham, rahmatullah alayhi, says, you know Allah, but you don't worship Him. Let us be honest. On a daily basis, how many people are not performing their salah? And then we want the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second question was, you know of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Quran, but you don't follow or obey. The third aspect that Ibrahim bin Adam rahmatullahi says, you eat Allah's bounties, but you are ungrateful. Let us be honest, we can be sinning, we can be falling short in many ways. But you'll find that our sustenance comes to us. Our sustenance, even the sustenance Allah Ta'ala also gives to the non-believer, even to the kafir, the agnostic, whoever it is, Allah is such a kind master that Allah Ta'ala provides his sustenance to every creation of his. The fourth, he says, you don't make preparations to acquire Jannah, 
nor do you abstain from those things that will lead you to Jahannam. So we know, what do we need to do? There are certain ibadahs that we must do to take us to Jannah. Mm. Are we fulfilling that? We know that we need to be staying away from those actions that will lead us to Jahannam. Now, this is where Shaitan, our enemy, will always create a ploy for us. He will always tell us, you know, Allah Ta'ala is very forgiving. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving. And then we have that in our mind. So we think that, you know, I'll carry on sinning. Inshallah, one day I will ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. That is being in a fool's paradise. Number five, he says that you know shaitan is your enemy, but you don't hate him. Uh. So how many actions do we do on a daily basis that shaitan had encouraged us to do and that we fulfilled? The sixth, he says, you know death will overtake you, but you don't prepare. Many a times when we go to the Qabristan, you will find that while people are busy with the burial, there are many people who are talking about business deals yes. right at the time when a person is going in to be laid in the cupboard. And sometimes it is a close friend. Sometimes it could be a family. But we have forgotten. And when you forget Allah, when you forget death, then believe me, you become heedless. And lastly, he says, you know you have faults. You know you have defects, but you still search for the faults in others. So let us take stock of this. Let us rectify our actions. Let us adopt the necessary etiquettes for dua. And at all times, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a state of total humility. Also, let us learn our daily duas of eating, sleeping. Because when a person practices on the sunnah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, by just reciting this masnoon duas, Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Say, if you love Allah, Allah ta'ala tells Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to tell the people that they must follow him. That means you must practice on the sunnah. And if you practice on the sunnah, Allah will love you and Allah will forgive you your sins Subhanallah, Subhanallah 29 minutes to uh, 9 o'clock on this beautiful Thursday night, uh, the night of Yawmul Jumu'ah, I see somebody is asking here, please ask uh, the panelist, well Ustad Hefaji how do we know Ustad, uh, our, our du'as are accepted sister from Eskab wants to know how do we know that our du'as are accepted well one of the ways, if especially uh, our pious um, elders say, if a person, for example, makes tawbah, uh-huh. you have repented from whatever misgiving. And you will find that if you are, for example, regularly in that particular action, and then you are staying away from it, then Allah has shown you already in this world that Allah has accepted your tawbah. Mm. Subhanallah, subhanallah. We're going to go for a quick nasheed, inshallah. When we come back, inshallah, we're going to ask our beloved Ustad, inshallah, just uh, to rent with a small dua, inshallah. And then, inshallah, we're going to uh, terminate uh, our beloved uh, Ustad this evening. And then, inshallah, we'll be crossing over to our beloved Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malana Salim Karim, and Hazrat Malana Dawood Sampson, all the way from Cape Town. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. 28 uh, minutes uh, to 9, uh, we go inshallah for a small dua from our Ustad, Hefeji Ustad, inshallah, over to you, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Before I just conclude with the dua, um, a very interesting incident to remember is Imam Bukhari, rahimullah. When he was a very young child, he went blind. His mother cried for him into Hajjud for seven years before his eyes were restored. So we should not give up after a week or two. Our job is to continually ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once one pious person said that what was the reason 
that when she cried for so many years, Allah Ta'ala says, I just love to hear the voice mm. of the mother of Imam Bukhari, rahimullah. but I would have accepted that already. It was written that he must, his eyes must be restored. Mm. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa la akibatu lil muttaqeen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrif al amyal mursaneen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa ala Muhammad kama salita ala Sibrahim wa ala ala Sibrahim in the kahmin majid. Oh Allah, we are weak servants of yours. Ya Allah, forgive us for major and minor sins, those sins that were committed intentionally and unintentionally. Oh Allah, how Hazrat Yunus salam cried in the belly of the stomach of the fish. Ya Allah, that la ilaha illa anta subhanak. Allah, how you took him out of the darkness. Allah, we've also recited this daily, Ya Allah. Allah, you take us out of this darkness of this pandemic. You take us out of this darkness of this lockdown. Allah, all those people that are sick with this COVID, Allah, you grant them come shifa. And shifa is not written for them. Allah, let them die with iman. Allah, those people that have requested du'as from us, fulfill their permissible needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those people that have lost their jobs or in, are in financial constraints during this lockdown. Oh Allah, you are razik. Oh Allah, you sustain them. You take them out of this difficulty, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, wherever divorce is taking place, you grant muhabbat in those homes. Ya Allah, those Muslims that want to get married, grant them pious spouses. Ameen. Such spouses, ya, which, ya Allah, which are compatible, Ya Allah. Ameen. Ya Allah, those mothers and sisters that are pregnant, let them give birth to neck, normal, healthy children. Ameen. And those mothers, those sisters, Ya Allah, who want children, Ya Allah, Ameen. Ya Allah, you grant them children. And those of us that have children, Allah grant them bite and obedience. Allahumma thabbitna lal iman, wa amitna lal iman, wa ahshurna yawm al qiyamati mal iman, wa sallallahu nabil ummi, subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun, wa salam al mursaneen, wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen, 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 thumma ameen. And that was our beloved uh, Hazrat Ustad Hefaji. I see one of your colleagues are listening to the program, and he says uh, assalamu alaikum. Please, please Hazrat, make me maaf, but tell Ustad to also make a lot of dua for me, uh, this sinful person, that is Hazrat Mulana Panya. So, <laughs> anyway, let us go, inshallah, for a nasheed. We go for a nasheed in Nazim. When we come back, of course, we will be crossing over to our beloved senior star, Hazrat Mulana Salim Karim, Dhamud Barakatuhum, and of course, Hazrat Mulana Dawood Samson. <laughs>
to 9 o'clock. It's a beautiful, mashallah, Thursday night, the night of Yawmul Jumu'ah. And I know, I know, I know, I know, my beloved, beautiful listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. It's a beautiful evening. Uh, Juma Karim and Mubarak to one and all. And of course, our beloved two panelists, Hazrat Mawlana Salim Karim, my beloved senior Ustad, all the way from Ladysmith, who will be joining me, inshallah, in another few seconds' time. And of course, inshallah, we do have as well Hazrat uh, Mawlana uh, Dawood Samson all the way from Cape Town. Now I want to ask the listeners quickly because I see the questions already coming in. So just bear with us this evening. Bear with us. I'm repeating myself again. Bear with us this evening because our topic is the challenges that our beloved sisters, our beloved women in Islam, they face in today's society. I'm saying again, the challenges that our beloved sisters in Islam, our beloved women out there, they are face in today's society. Before we begin the program, let's cross over to our beloved senior Ustad Hazrat Mawlana Salim Karim. Ustad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you this evening? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Ustad, how are you, Ustad? How's everyone in Lady Smith? Juma Mubarak to you and to Apa and to the family, Ustad. Ameen, subham, summa, ameen, wana. Alhamdulillah, may Allah ta'ala grant all of us afiyat and salam and du'as to Hadrat Mawlana Dawood Samson. MashaAllah, Allah grant him afiyat, good health. Allah accept him and Allah take great work of deen from him. SubhanAllah, it's so great and honored to be on the same platform and inshallah hopefully our deliberation will help each other inshallah and especially our sisters Allah Ta'ala grant them Ameen. peace of Ameen. mind Allah Ta'ala grant them sukoon Allah Ta'ala create muhabbat modesty respect and the jazbah of khidmat and Allah Ta'ala honor them and what status what reward Allah has given to women who are obedient to Allah to Rasulullah to their husbands Alhamdulillah, great reward. So inshallah, I hope that uh, whatever deliberation we have tonight will benefit the ummah at last. Mm. Allah Akbar, subhanallah, subhanallah. Well, 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 well said there. Well said there by Bila, from my beloved senior Ustan Hazrat Mawlana Salim Karim Dhamad Barakatum all the way from Ladysmith. Uh, I think we do have our beloved uh, senior Ustan as well, Hazrat Mawlana Dawood Samson, as uh, Mawlana Salim Karim was uh, 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 praising our beloved Hazrat Mawlana Dawood Samson as well. And I think Mawlana Salim knows uh, quite well Hazrat Mawlana Dawood Samson. And I have never ever met him in person to Hazrat Mawlana. Dawood Samson, we always speak on the phone, you know, uh, from from the, uh, the, the the days of Radio Islam International, and when I was on Channel Islam as well, and now I'm on Al Ansar and Merkaz Sahaba. Uh, we do have our beloved uh, Hazrat Mulana Dawood Samson. Let's go and uh, cross over to him, Mulana Dawood. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The one and only Sheikh Arafah. This year I wasn't on Arafah, but <laughs> alhamdulillah, I've listened to our beautiful voice of Mulana Arafah. Daman Barakatuh. And I'm also honored to be connected to Sheikh Salim. I've never met him, but inshallah, when it comes to Cape Town, 
He must come to the Mikat, Molana Dawood, Samson's house, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. So, so, so we're going to start with Molana Salim Karim because I've, I've seen the questions are coming in. Some sisters, some sisters are already angry. Uh, 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 posing the questions and our topic is Malana Salim Karim and of course Malana Dawood Samson the challenges our beloved sisters in Islam our human folk face in today's society you know in uh, in in the time in uh, the in uh, pre-jahiliya where the women were looked down upon there was debates going on as whether women were human or beasts and the girl child was seen as bad luck and I think both my panelists, they know what I'm speaking about. They would bury the ma'asum baby girls alive. And then the light of Islam came about <clears throat> and exalted the status of women. So before I cross over to Malana Salim Karim and to our beloved Malana Dawood uh, Samson, there's a very, very beautiful saying here. It says that when she is a daughter, she opens a door of jannat for her father. When she is a wife, she completes half of the deen for her husband. When she is a mother... Jannat lies under her feet. If everyone knew the true status of a Muslim woman in Islam, even the men would want to be women. Let's cross over to our beloved senior Ustad. Malana Salim Karim, the challenges our beloved sisters, our women folk are facing in today's society. Ji Ustad. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladheena astafa. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد يا أيها النبي قل لأزواجك وبناتك ونساء المؤمنين ونساء المؤمنين يدنين عليهن من جلابيبهن ذلك أدنى أن يعرفن فلا يؤذين وكان الله غفورا رحيما وقال تعالى في مقام آخر الخبيثات للخبيثين والخبيثون للخبيثات والطيبات للطيبين والطيبون للطيبات أولئك مبرؤون مما يقولون لهم مغفرة ورزق كريم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا كلها متاع وخير متاع الدنيا المرأة الصالحة صدق الله مولانا الذيم Respected listeners, brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah Ta'ala accept our deliberation tonight, an interesting topic which will bring tears, may bring joy, may bring smile. And maybe we will learn to learn from our mistakes. We'll become better husbands. Mm. We'll become better fathers. We'll become better grandfathers. And inshallah, we'll become stronger believers, knowing how to respect a woman. If she is your wife, what respect she demands. If mm. it's your wa- mother, what respect she demands. If it's your daughter, what respect. 
she demands. Mm. It's a beautiful saying, you know, unfortunately, when you are influenced by the Western society, it is only Islam and Islam alone that has given respect and dignity to a woman who gave her the rightful place in society, that Allah placed Jannah under her feet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Habib made dua for them. The other religions, other thinking, and other views of people, that she is not worth living. She's worse than an animal. She deserves no respect. She's used and abused. It was rahmatul lil alameen, Muhammadur Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that brought about a revolution where equality in rights, respect, dignity, and honor to such a degree that Hudur sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the plains of Arafat on his final khutbah, mm. and he said, as-salah, as-salah, wa ma malakat aymanukum. Of all the important aspects of Islam, Huzuri Pak emphasized the importance of looking after your wife, your children, the women folk, and those who are under your care. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, when there's a lack of education, when there's a lack of tarbiyah, when there's a lack of dini talim in our sisters, they get carried away by the Western concept. There was a slogan in Pakistan. What was it? Mera jism, meri marzi. This is my body. I'll do what I want with this body. Allahu Akbar. Mm-hmm. Mera jism. What did Allah Ta'ala say? Who does this body belong to? Al-hayahu shobatum min al-iman. Modesty is part of iman. The beauty of a woman is in her modesty. Sahaba Ikiram one day said, Rasulullah asked us a question in the masjid. What is the best thing for a woman? Sahaba Ikiram couldn't answer that question. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala is seated there. He didn't know the answer. Comes home to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and says that Hudur sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked us a question. And we could not respond to the, un- to the question. By chance, do you know the answer? Okay, what is the best thing for a woman? So immediately, she, without hesitation, she said, La yarahunna rijal. She must not be seen by men, and men should not see her. That's the best thing. Mm. When you lose your respect, when you lose modesty, then you're worse than an animal, do as you please. Modesty. This is the gel. This is the protector. This is the shield, haya, and modesty that gives respect and honors a woman to the highest of degree when they have mm-hmm. modesty, sharam, and haya. Allah Ta'ala elevates their darajat. So Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Al-Hayaw Hasanun. You know that mm. haya and modesty is a good point. Walil mar'ati ahsan. But for a woman, it's even better. So insha'Allah, if there was any personality, rahmatullil alameen, who came and insha'Allah gave status and respect and honor, a sense of possessiveness, a sense of ownership, a sense of dignity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to such a degree 
that we stand equal in sawab. Inna al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat. Wal-Mu'minina wal-Mu'minat ila akhiri. That's the question. Mm-hmm. That after Allah has given women such great respect, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ emphasizes the importance of respecting women. Mm-hmm. Then it's upon the women folk of the ummah to show utmost respect and acknowledge and thank Allah on a daily basis that Allah gave them the status and respect. Mm, Allahu Akbar. Ten minutes to nine o'clock. Uh, we're going to go now to Hazrat Molana Dawood Samson. He's going to give us a few words of, from his side as well. And then, inshallah, we're going to be posing questions to both our panelists. Again, I'm asking the listeners out there, please just bear with us. And we are not allowed taking people's name on air. I think uh, uh, Molana Daud Samson should touch on that as well, and Molana Salim Karim should touch on that on, the, uh, on that as well, because I see uh, there are very, some uh, very uh, very hurting, hurting remarks are coming in this evening. But let's go to our beloved Hazrat Molana Daud. Molana Daud, your small input, inshallah, to all the sisters out there. And by the way, uh, the Women's Forum are listening to Molana Daud Samson and, of course, to Molana Salim Karim, and they say uh, we are listening to the program. That is the Women's Forum. So let's go to Molana Daud. G. Molana program and I feel to my honorable self that an hour or hour and a half or two is too little for such a program. A program like this should be on for the entire month and not only that. Because, subhanallah, Islam has given such a high rank to that of a lady. Subhanallah. Imagine Adam, alayhi salam, our father, found himself in Jannah. He, everything, we long for Jannah, Allah grant us all Jannah. He had everything at his disposal, but yet he felt an emptiness. So the day Allah Ta'ala put in front of him a lady, Wow, he never smiled his whole life when he saw this lady. Mm. Wow. And subhanallah, imagine the after effects of that mahar of Durud on our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He felt a different person. And hence, our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very fond of women. That he said, Mustafaad al-Mu'min ba'da taqwa Allah, khairun law min imra'atin saliha. There's no gift per se after Allah, after taqwa, greater to a man's heart, to a man's life, than a suitable match, a pious match, subhanAllah. Rasul Sallallahu even said this whole world is a place, a mata, a place of enjoyment. But the best pleasure any man can have to his heart mm. is that of a beautiful wife. A pious wife. You know, Mawlana Arafah, inshallah, when you come to Cape Town, and Hazrat Mawlana Salim also, Dhamad Barakatuh, I, mean. I will take you to Kirsten Bosch Gardens, mm. one of the botanical, classical gardens, inshallah. Even Mufti A.K. Dhamad Barakatuh, I had a walk with him also in the gardens. Hazrat Mawlana Mansurul Haq and uh, Mumtazul Haq, I had an opportunity with them also walk in the gardens. Mufti Mink, Dhamad Barakatuh, also. I like to take the ulama to the gardens because a little mm. taste of Jannah. And as once I used to just walk on those gardens and I'd marvel every season, beautiful trees, the textures, the colors, blah, 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 the greenery, mashallah. Mm. Mm. This is Allah's creation. Allah challenges man to produce thoughts 
that of the greenery of nature, the botanical garden, the world of gardens here in Cape Town. But lo and behold, subhanallah, if a lady comes past that garden, you forget the whole garden. And you say, فَتَبَارَكَ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ مَا شَاءَ How beautiful is this creation of Allah. That is the way Adam felt when he saw Bibi Hawa alayhi salam. That is the honor and respect that Allah has given to a woman such izzah. That, subhanallah, that Rasulullah said, just looking at a woman, at your mother or your wife that is also a mother, with fondness, with utmost respect, the reward is the sawab of hajj and umrah. And the companions are so amazed that they said, Ya Rasulullah, wa in nadara ilayha mi'ata marra. If you look a hundred times with that love and respect, mm. and then Rasulullah smiled and said, Allah wa akhtar. Allah will increase that reward of sawab, of a hajj, as well as a umrah. My dear friends, for homework, I want you to, to read Surah Nisa, where Allah says, live with them nicely. Mm. You know, and if there's anything you dislike in them, look at the bigger picture. Allah put it, added so many value to mm. that of a lady. My respected friends, I have to conclude with this intro where Rasulullah was extremely gentle and kind to his wives, and he taught us. He said, Rizkon Bil Kawarir, that these women are fragile vessels. Treat them with utmost kindness. Uh, that they deserve. May Allah make us all Ameen. to love our wives, inshallah, to look them in the eyes and to tell them, my babes, I love you just the way you are. Don't go changing. Mm, subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. The sister says from Nigel uh, to the Buddha panelist, my husband insists that I leave work, yet he always speaks about what he needs to do for me financially. I mean, how do I deal with this? Mulana Salim and Mulana Daud Simpson. He says it's either my way or the highway. From Nigel, Ustad, Mulana Salim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Mulana, it is so sad. This is what I'm saying, Mulana. There's a lack of Islamic education in husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. We know we ask for rights for everything. Mm -hmm. But do we really give the rights that is due to the people? This is what the question is. It is not the duty of the wife to feed the husband. Sure. It's the duty of the husband to give her pocket money. Besides whatever harsha, whatever expenses that he is responsible in the house for, it is the, 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 the saying of the fuqaha mm -hmm. that we should also give her an allowance. Mm. She also has feelings. She also wants to buy gifts. She wants to also give charity. She wants to make her jannat. She wants to spend on her family. So as a token of appreciation, give a little tuffa to your wife. And don't ask questions about it. That's what Sharia is telling us. Now the, the husband here is demanding that the wife must work and support him or give her earnings. Yes. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, has given independence to women. If she works from home, halal rosy and her halal earnings, it is her money. If she wants to help in the family business or she wants to help in the expenses of the house, alhamdulillah, that is voluntarily. In terms of sharia, it is the haq of the husband to feed and clothe his wife. Mm. Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah. So I don't know. My thing, Mulana, I'm going to give you this thing. Yeah. You know, walk away from people who put you down. Walk away from people who put you down. 
walk away from fight that will never be resolved. Wow. Walk away from trying to please people who will never see your worth. The more you walk away from these things, the poison that poisons your soul, the healthier you are going to be. It's sad, Mulana. Mm. Again, we don't know our roles. Mm. If only the husband knows his responsibility in Sharia, mm. and the wife knows her responsibility in Sharia, there won't be any disputes, fights, and arguments. Mm. Mm. So the sister, she's entitled to her own money, inshallah. It is not her duty to support her husband. Mm. It's the duty of the husband to support his wife. Mm. Well said, Ustaz. She mm. wants to help in the expenses of the house, Allah will reward her. It's totally voluntary. It is her effort. Mm. Allah Akbar, subhanAllah. So, Mulana Dawood, uh, Mulana Dawood Samson, would you advise the sister to leave work? Mulana Dawood. Today's time, we see really, uh, subhanAllah, we are seeing, uh, I'm talking about below the bread line. Mm-hmm. We find people struggling, and uh, women are vulnerable, and many of them are forced to go work. It's so sad when I'm early morning, especially by fajr time in the cold winter, mm. and see how mothers with their hijabs are standing and waiting for taxis, Allah. waiting for buses, waiting for 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 for, for, for the for, for the train for, for to, to go to work, and in rain or sunshine all the time, and also coupled to that, that they're pregnant. They got a child at home, mm. or they got to drop the child at crash, etc. You know, I mean, we as men, we have lost our values. As Hazrat Molana said, we don't even know what's our rights and what is the purpose of marriage and what's the responsibility of being a father. A father is not just a title, it's a amana, a responsibility. An involved father plays a crucial role in all his children and he shapes them. A father comes down to the level, to their level to understand the changing of time that we live in. And our beloved Rasul Sallallahu taught us that it's a man's duty, subhanAllah, with beauty, to see that he maintains his family. After all, you went to propose. You found a girl in a home mm. of a father structure, a family structure, where the father himself would be the breadwinner. Subhanallah, the sole breadwinner, and he put his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he would maintain their children. Mm. And as for the sister, because she sees the need, how many sisters? Islam has said what is what she earns it belongs completely to her. And if she assists, then that can be a debt incurred that the husband has to repay. Subhanallah. Therefore, mashura is key in a house like that. Mm. For that sister... To have mashura with the, with the husband, to have discussion and mutual agreement between yes. each other, you know, that mm. perhaps the husband can perhaps say, look, I will assist and help, and half day you can uh, work from home, for example, a half day and the rest of the time for the children and for me itself. It's so important to understand our roles as husbands and as wives. And, of course, a woman, the most basic need of a woman is affection. Conversations, honesty and openness, financial support, and a family commitment. Subhanallah. Mm, And as for a man, his five most basic needs is sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship, Mm. an attractive spouse, domestic support. In other words, a man wants to feel relaxed when he returns home. 
and admiration, to make him feel like a man, to make him also feel good about himself. May Allah guide us all and give us understanding. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alamin. I see, I see a sister says here, uh, tell Mulana Salim, these men are stingy. They know but only want to spend on their side cheeks. This is a sister from Ridgeway. Mulana Salim, Ustad, before we go for the Isha Zan, there is another question that came in, but, but uh, Ustad, you still want to give any input on that question or should I continue with the other question, Ustad? No, no, inshallah. Well, no, no, never sacrifice three things. Uh-huh. Number one, never sacrifice your family. Uh-huh. One. Number two, never sacrifice your heart. Uh-huh. And number three, you never sacrifice your dignity. Sure. Allah has given status wow. to a woman. Without a woman, you are nothing. Uh-huh. I always say this. And a woman in Islam is a gift from Allah. A woman... She plays the role of a mother, a wife, she, a sister, a daughter. So she is a pivotal role that she plays in society. Mm. So you cannot sideline her and think that you are better than her. In the eyes of Allah, it is taqwa, khawfi ilahi, and an akhlaqi hasana that will determine who is better. Mm. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Two minutes after nine, before we go for our Isha Azhan, and immediately we will continue, inshallah, with the questions. I've got about uh, 17 questions in total. Uh, somebody is crying here, Hazrat Mulana Daud Samson and Mulana Salim Karim. Uh, to both the panelists, uh, I am from Johannesburg. If Islam has raised the rank of a woman, then I want to ask Mulana Salim and Mulana Daud Samson, how come my father favors my brother over me? Why does he beat me black and blue? Why does he buy him the latest stuff but not me? Why do I have to be the slave? Why does he hate me so much? Does Islam teach us this? My heart is shattered. I wish I could run away. This is a sister. Astaghfirullah. From Johannesburg. Allah protect us. Let's go for the Isha Azan. And then inshallah we cross over to Mulana Salim and Mulana Daud Simpson. And she would like to remain anonymous. Brother, uh, to, uh, call over to you. 